You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Pi Day, or Tuesday, or whatever you want to call it. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Theoretically, I'll get to that in a second. We're man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, the reason why I say theoretically, because I apologize to the youth, YouTube faithful, those who watch on YouTube, because I just realized as I sat down at 9.15 p.m. on Tuesday that I for, that I uploaded but forget to hit publish on Monday's episode. So, sorry about that. If you're a listener, you got it on time. When I say on time, it's always night because that's when I have enough energy to do it. Um, today is no exception. We're really late. Not because of the basketball game. Uh, although Michigan did win the... Uh, the first round of the NIT, it looked hairy for a minute. They were down at halftime. Joey Baker had a huge game. Uh, and Kobe Bufkin came alive in the second half. And uh, they won 90 to 80, I believe. Memory serves. So good for them winning the consolation round first round. That would have been a bad look if they lost that. They did it without Jet Howard, too, so that's, that's impressive. But we're not here to talk about basketball, no. We, I decided after we had the press conference yesterday, even though I did the podcast afterwards, I didn't re, I, like thinking about it, I didn't really feel like there's anything groundbreaking coming from that that I want to talk about. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe I'll change my mind and we'll do it on Wednesday. I don't know. But I think I want to get back to the spring preview thing and I want to get to the offensive line. I think that that is where we want to go uh, because, you know, spring preview waits for nobody. And I just, I felt like in my weekend daylight savings time addled state that that is the best interest for me. Uh, So does anyone else have that issue with daylight savings time? I used to never, but I think like last year was the first time where it's like I'm in a coma for a week uh, with the spring forward. And that's where I'm at now. Um, Anyhow, let's talk offensive line. I want to pull up the roster. I have it up. I just need to pull it up real fast um, just to, to make sure I hit all the names. There's a lot of them. We're going to spend the whole episode. Uh, we did talk to Carson Barnhart yesterday, um, who is working at both left and right tackle. Remember, Ladarius Henderson is uh, not uh, active in spring practice as, a, uh, as he's finishing up uh, his term at Arizona State. And then he will be... Uh, He'll be officially on campus and get to work. But he is your your likely left tackle. But for now, uh, Carson Barnhart is cross-training at left and right tackle, uh, as well as uh, Trent A. Jones at, le- at right tackle. So you know that one of the two, and, and it's hard to really say who is going to be that guy. Now, Carson Barnhart had time at left tackle. He got his first real taste of playing time in 2020 playing left tackle when Ryan Hayes went down with the injury. He's a guy who's played inside. He's played outside. Um, And uh, I believe he played, uh, I believe he played guard in the Nebraska game in 2021. Cause I, I I remember uh, 
I, I remember his parents made their way to the game. They had a hard, hard time getting there. I think that like a car broke down, if, if I'm at memory serves. And uh, it just so happened you got to play like a big chunk of the game because they both of the interior players uh, had gone down with injury. Chuck Filiaga and I don't remember the other one, but they, they had both gone down with injury. Zach Center, I believe. Um, so he, he, he was the one that they called on in that game. So he's a guy with a lot of versatility, but he didn't win the outright starting right tackle job last year. That went to Trent A. Jones, who played the first five and a half weeks at right tackle before Carson Barnhart, or before his injury, and then Carson Barnhart took the job and ran with it. But that's a quality problem because if it wasn't for injury, Trent A. Jones probably was going to let that go. He did not look, Trent A. Jones did not look amazing to start out the season last year, but then he was really settling in. And, uh, you can you could see that, and obviously he's had some spot duty in here and stuff here and there. But you you know that those tackles are going to be in a good situation, um, no matter who it is, because you figure it's going to be either Carson, it's going to be Ladarius. Uh, again, we're not talking about Spring, uh, or it could be a guy like Jeff Percy who started left tackle uh, in the Rutgers game and did a pretty good job in that one. So, I mean, he's been biding his time. This is year four, I believe, for Jeff Percy. This is why I pulled this up. Yep, he's a senior. So, year four for him. Uh, on the right side, like I said, it, it could be Carson Barnhart. It could be Trent A. Jones. It could also be Miles Hinton, former four, I'm sorry, five-star, who, brother of, uh, we all know this, was brother of Chris Hinton, who uh, went to, ended up choosing Stanford over Michigan, much to everyone's dismay, only to end up in Ann Arbor. All along. So lots of options there. You've got other guys who are kind of like waiting in the wings. Tristan Bounds enters year three, you know, uh, would, would be the other one that I'd look at. But we'll get to those more backup roles here momentarily. Let's let's just start out with the starters uh, and then we'll go from there. But uh, that's uh, that is your outside. Lots of candidates, lots of experience. It's never an easy thing when you have to replace a uh, left tackle in particular, because especially when you have a guy who started there for a while. But um, nonetheless, you feel good about what they've got there. And, you know, keeping in mind that they really do have the mindset of we are trying to three-peat with the Joe Moore Award. It's going to start with that, in, uh, that exterior. But the good news is the interior, because we know who the starters are there for sure. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's Trevor Keegan and it's Zach Zinter. It's, it felt at the end of the year that it would be inexplicable if you got both back. And uh, you thought maybe, maybe one, maybe none. And then you get both back. And that, the, the interior was phenomenal last year. And Zinter thought of higher as far as NFL draft stock than Keegan, but Keegan way underrated in my eyes in, in terms of what he is capable of and what he's done. I mean, both are maulers, both are road graders, all the things you want to call the interior linemen. So again, it's starting experience guys who have a couple years under their belt now of being starters. Uh, and then the, the center position is the only one where it's kind of in doubt. 
right? Because uh, I still think it's going to be Drake Nugent, but we haven't necessarily heard a ton about Drake Nugent. Uh, even when I asked uh, asked about him, it wasn't like he, it was like this same type of glowing uh, reviews that Olu got at this time last year. Because this time last year, Olu, it was like, oh man. <laughs> You have no idea. But Drake Nugent is like, yeah, he's really good. He's come in and he's done the thing. Whereas Olu, it was like, e, he's perfect. I just want to, I just want to hug him right here in the interview. Um, so it's, it's not quite of that same variety. Greg Crippen's gotten a lot of publicity. It seems from the players, you know, Carson Barnhart mentioned him. Another player mentioned him last week, I believe. Uh, but Raheem Henderson would be the one that was thought to to be in primary competition with Drake Nugent. I mean, we'll see. It'll all play out. Drake Nugent rated really highly by PFF, uh, rated higher by PFF than Olu was last year, um, and, uh, you know, was a Remington, like, not finalist, actual, like, legit finalist, but was kind of like in the, like, a semi-finalist. Uh, so not as high as Olu, but like I said, I think his... His area is somewhere between Vistardis and Olu. I don't think he's going to be as good as Olu, uh, but I think he'll certainly uh, he'll certainly be somewhere in between those two. And that's not a knock on Andrew Vistardis. I just think that Drake Nugent is that good. Six two three oh six. Again, like pretty big, little short compared to some others. I mean, Raheem Anderson is six three three twenty. Uh, Greg Crippen is 6'4", so a little taller, but a little bit lighter at 301. So, but a lot of bulk, and I think that uh, of all the guys we mentioned, I I just want to mention uh, where they stand. So, uh, as far as the starters, Barnhart 6'5", 308, Jones is 6'4", uh, 311. Um, you, uh, you throw in Raheem Anderson, 6'3", 320, Zach Zinter, 6'6", 315. Uh, and uh, Trevor Keegan, 6'6", 305, Miles Hinton, 6'6", 320, Jeff Percy, who I mentioned, 6'8", 309. We'll, we'll talk more about, uh, about Percy and some of that, some, some of those, uh, the second tier, essentially, in a moment. Before we do that, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 as bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Right, <laughs> yeah. That's I, I don't want to edit out the noise, but we're 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 drinking some good old fashioned Coke Zero on air. I forgot about it. Anyway, let's continue on. We got so much more offensive line. I, I just am so optimistic about this group, and we'll talk about out- outlook here. But it's hard not to be. I want to remind you, essentially, they lost two starters and have four. But when you really think about it, they've got, like, 
out of all these guys, guys who started games for Michigan or otherwise, let's add Ladarius Henderson in that. He was a starter. So there's one. Then you go Carson Barnhart, Trent A. Jones, both started games. Uh, Giovanni Elhadi started games. Drake Nugent started games. That's five right there. Uh, Zach Zinter. And Trevor Keegan and Miles Hinton. And Jeff Percy. That's nine. You lost two starters. But you got nine starters in this group. If my hand math is correct, which it might not be. Because I'm like, did I say that name already? I don't know. Forgetful uh, person over here. So you have the those guys, and they're all going to be in the mix. A guy like Jeff Percy is a luxury to have going into year four. Uh, from San Juan Capistrano, California. It's, lists him as Mission Viejo. It's, I mean, really kind of the same. He's went to Junipero Serra Catholic there um, in San Juan Capistrano, which is so beautiful, by the way, if you've ever... I, I love driving down the the five in that area. It's just... it's I completely digress, but it, it's just... You know, just I was just driving down there in January, and it's just like a peace comes upon me in San Juan Capistrano. Um, I don't think I've ever, I've never been to like the mission or anything there, but <laughs> driven through it a lot, um, with my dad having been in Orange County or he's just outside of Oceanside and Vista right now. You don't need to know that. <laughs> I'm telling you anyway. Anyway. Okay. So Jeff Percy, uh, the tallest, I believe of all of them at six, eight, finally got his opportunity when an, there was an injured Ryan, uh, Ryan Hayes coming out of the MSU game. Uh, and did Michigan's line didn't really miss a beat. Uh, so that's great, right? It's, um, that's what you want from a guy who was in his third year. And this is where Michigan's kind of in a situation now where when they're, you know, everyone's going to, you're going to continue to see high-end offensive linemen come, at least you would hope given the success, but it's back to old school Michigan. Like, yeah, you might get to play in a game or so. Be ready. So you don't have to get ready. I couldn't. I I couldn't keep myself from the Juwan Howardism there. Stay ready, soon. Got to get keep uh, get ready. Um, but um, the problem is, is you probably you might not get an opportunity to play until your senior year because there's just so much depth. So who are who are the candidates to be that next round? Right. So like I mentioned, Jeff Percy. Like if I was to pick like a second string which might even indicate some starters that we, we would be looking at it like Jeff Percy left tackle, Giovanni Alhadi, uh, right or left guard. I would put Greg Crippen or Raheem Anderson, whoever doesn't win, uh, if, which I'm projecting Drake Nugent to win, uh, as the center. Uh, then I'm starting to get a little bit more like, I'm, I don't know because, could it be Andrew Gentry? I mean, he's in his second year, but he's a grown man. He's went to mission, missed some years as a result for, due to being a Latter-day Saints uh, uh, person. Uh, but he uh, he has the body type, and you hope that the capability, because it is only year two, six, seven, three, twelve. 12. Uh, it could be him. It could be, you know, more likely be Reese Atterbury, who's in his senior year. It's, it's weird. It feels like Reese Atterbury has been around longer than Jeff Percy, but both the same year. Um, and then the left tackle, 
uh, uh, right tackle rather. Uh, I would probably pencil Miles Hinton in right there right now as a former starter. But there's other guys waiting in the wings. Like I said before, uh, Tristan Bounds would be that guy. Uh, then you've got a guy like Dom uh, Judis who switched over from defensive line. You you, you brought in a freshman in uh, Amir Herring who's on campus already. Uh, was the one that didn't uh, who wasn't there for the early practices because he had uh, the All American Bowl, and then and Connor Jones entering his second year as well. Uh, it's it's a really big quality problem to have that you have that many guys. I so basically you're looking at guys. I'm like trying. I can't even come up with a second string fully because. I, I'm like, well, it's this guy or this guy or this guy or it's it's very difficult to nece- you know nece- necessarily say it's obvious who these ne- the next round of guys are. Now, some of them I probably demote a little bit like Connor Jones, who's a, more of a tackle type because I just haven't heard anything about him yet. Uh and sometimes you don't necessarily hear hear a lot about it, like a guy like Jeff Percy. We didn't hear a ton about him, uh, except for just how high they were on him as a recruit, until he finally got that opportunity to come in and, and start. So, um, it's uh, it that doesn't necessarily mean anything. He could be doing great. Once we finally get Sharon Moore, maybe we'll get a little bit of uh, clarity as far as that's concerned. Same thing with Tristan Bounds, year three. You know, it's we haven't really heard where he's at. He's the other tall guy, six eight, three eleven. So, what we do know is that of the younger guys who have impressed, also entering year three, are Giovanni Elhadi, who we saw a lot about last year. You know, he played a fair fair amount, and Raheem Anderson. Those two seem like they are. Raring to go and ready to go. And that's that's a good thing. The good thing about all those names that I mentioned is you could lose whoever I think is your starting five and you can put five out there and feel like maybe it'll take a step back. Maybe it won't be a Joe Moore award winning group, but you still feel like it could still be among the best in the Big Ten, if not the best in the Big Ten. That's where the offensive line is. The expectation is back to where it, you know, once, once a guy's gone, there's another guy sitting right there. The fact that they brought in three transfers this offseason is almost inexplicable because they had so many guys that were ready for their chance to step up, and then they bring in three guys who started. Uh, that, that reminds me of a, a comment. I'm probably going to do, a, at one of these points, a, um, a, a show all from the YouTube comments, <laughs> reacting to the YouTube comments. And someone someone said, just because they're transferring in doesn't mean they're a starter. Okay, yeah, but almost, I think, out of the seven, six were starters. And generally, guys aren't going to transfer somewhere if they're a starter, uh, if they're going to be a backup. Sometimes, Alan Bowman did it. But, like, a guy like Drake Nugent, who's getting all of the, you know, was right there on the Remington list. He's probably not transferring unless he thinks he can start. Miles Hinton, he might not start. You know, going to some of these other positions. AJ Barner is going to start. Josiah Stewart, he might not start, but he's going to be in rotation. You know, 
sometimes guys are looking for a better a highlight opportunity, but it's usually, usually you're not going to give up a starting role at another school unless you, you're going to gain something from it. And for a lot of guys, if you're coming from Indiana or you're coming from Stanford, you're looking for a little bit more visibility, but you're also planning on starting. So that's kind of the issue with the Stanford guys. But, um, you know, Ladarius Henderson's the other one. He's going to start. He's probably going to start. Maybe he won't. Maybe he won't catch on. But, you know, you, you assume when they bring in guys of that caliber that they're going to. Um, but, yeah, it's just an embarrassment of riches. And it's the most embarrassment of riches uh, on the team because there's no other spot where I could go nearly three deep. Because that's the thing is I could I could feasibly sit, sit there and say, all right, who's your starters? I could say, again, this is kind of going outside the bounds of spring, but I could go, all right, it's going to be Ladarius Henderson, uh, Trevor Keegan, Drake Nugent, uh, Zach Zinter, and Carson Barnhart. All right, then, who, then who's the next crop? Then I can go Miles Hinton, Giovanni Elhadi, uh, Raheem Anderson, uh, Reese Atterbury, Trent A. Jones. Okay, then we can actually build probably a third string that you feel okay about. Jeff Percy, who started a game for Michigan in the Big Ten Conference. I know it was against Rutgers, but still impressive. Uh, so let, let's let's say it's him. Then I'll go uh, Andrew Gentry. This is where I'm, now I'm starting to scrape the barrel a little bit. Uh, then um, Greg Crippen. Where where I'm where I'm a little bit lost is who who would be my next uh, who who would be my uh, right guard in this scenario. That's the only only place where I'm kind of coming up empty here. And then uh, right tackle, I could probably say Tristan Bounds and be good. Maybe I slide Connor Jones into that right guard spot. That is pretty impressive because I don't think I'd feel super awful about the third string that I just came up with. That's where Michigan's at. All right, so let's talk about overall ramifications, what I think of this group. I mean, you already know, so it's going to be short, Uh, but we'll do that here momentarily. All right, so... What does uh what what is the outlook for this Michigan offensive line, uh, in spring and like really? It there are a couple of battles. We're gonna have to wait on that left tackle group because that's where we expect Ladarius Henderson to be. But Michigan's not afraid to like say. I mean, he he's played inside as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan, uh, did something there. Because they very well could. They could slide Zinter inside. They could, you know, they could do something. Uh, the problem is, is you've got Drake Nugent, Raheem Anderson, and Greg Crippen all waiting in the wings for that center spot. So uh, I, I don't know that that's going to necessarily happen either. Uh, but then, it, so that really, we know that two spots are locked down. Left guard, right guard. Left tackle, we can assume that once we're in fall camp, it's Ladarius Henderson's to lose. But right now, you're going to see some bodies in spring. In the spring game, you're going to see different faces. Uh, right tackle, you figure it's a three-man race. But it's probably one of two guys. 
It's probably Carson Barnhart. And, uh, it's, it's, it's probably, Car- you know, Carson Barnhart and, uh, Trent A. Jones, but Miles Hendon certainly will be in that conversation. And then center, it's a three-way race. And, uh, that's again, this is the most quality problem on the team because running back, you know, you've got two guys for one position and that's good. Uh, you know, at uh, some others, I mean, wide receiver has a lot of guys answer the, the, the troll on, on YouTube who said that, I don't know if you must not be an Ohio state fan. Cause I thought maybe be Ohio state fan. He's like, I can't name one Michigan receiver. So well, if you're an Ohio state fan, you can probably at least name Cornelius Johnson. Um, but, uh, nonetheless, it's wide, you know, wide receivers got a couple guys, right? Like you sit there and say, well, in theory, that's the difference with this position group more than any other on the team. You can go three deep and feel like everything's going to be okay across five positions, which makes it even more insane. And of course they wouldn't even necessarily have to, right? Like they're not going to necessarily have to try out those, the, if, if chaos happens, certainly there's going to be someone in that one, you know, that's in the top group or in the second group that is going to be able to go out there and play. Right. So it, there, there's no way they get down to all the way down to my th- you know, third group and they can certainly slide some guys around. That's the good news when you're shifting things around. I think the only question is, is kind of what I answered in the mailbag on Monday about is, is how does Sharon Moore handle being the sole offensive coordinator and offensive line coach? I think it'll be fine, right? Because I think that it's one thing too is that you do have a lot of veterans, and while he's overseeing everything, he still does have analysts, especially in practice, that you know can kind of uh, you know assist. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's what needs to happen. Here's you know how we're maybe deviating from the plan. But I mean, the fact that you're returning so many guys from a Joe Moore Award-winning line two years running. Keep in mind, Keegan and Zinter uh, were, you know, starters on that first one. And then you've still got a lot of guys in the second one, you know, that, that are partaking. So it's just a quality issue for Michigan. Offensive line is easily my number one position uh, on the team because it's just, it's deep, it's experienced. It would take a big, big fall off. Uh, and I think that this, at this point you can look at it and say it's better off than it was last year in a lot of ways, because whoever's stepping into a starting role this year has starting experience, but Trent A. Jones didn't have that when he was named the starter last year, he was coming in as a tight end. So across the board, whoever is going to be out there has probably got starting experience. Center's the only, only one where maybe it isn't. If it's not Drake Nugent, it's Raheem or Greg Crippen, then different story. So really quality problems that men, this is the most quality problem Michigan has. All right. We'll be back on Wednesday. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will be back very soon. Peace.